So we are organizing these uh, political clubs, July 32, right? Uh, and Roosevelt is promising a new deal. We have an idea of how this new deal is going to look. Um, so we can let people know what to expect, right? It's mainly to, to, you know, get out the vote, turn people to the Democratic Party, uh, and discuss what they want, too. We get together uh, and have people become members of these Democratic clubs. But at first, you know, we ain't, we ain't going and asking them for money. If this is the Depression. We're not going and asking people for money, right? We're eventually getting people to become members, you know, increase the roles of the Democratic Party, and uh, get people on the list, get out the vote. Traditional stuff. Axelrod shit, as they would say. You know, although we would call it Mark Hanna stuff, because he's old school, even though he's a Republican. Uh, it's like the Karl Rove Axelrod of the early uh, 20th, late 19th century. But asking people what they want, right? I mean, you have... Uh, upstate New York, uh, the wasp's nest, right? This is not, uh, if you look at the demographics today, Ulster County has uh, a large Italian-American population, large Irish population. Ulster is an Irish, you know, part of, it was named after part of Ireland, although it was originally a Dutch colony. Um, I actually have a story I actually got with, uh, you know, I was mentioning the wasp's nest, uh, Wasp. Oh, now I'm thinking about this bird that, that we I got with. It was great. She's actually the, the ancestor of the uh, one of the original Dutch uh, owners of the land there. Chambers was the guy's name. 16, 1652. She was part. Um, she was part Oneida. You know what I'm saying? Great, 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 great grandfather. One of the original Dutch settlers. Um, on a mother's side, a great grandmother's side, uh, one of the uh, uh, Sashem uh, leading uh, uh, Indians in the uh, uh, Iroquois Confederacy, which uh, Iroquois Confederacy uh, inspiration for the Articles of Confederation. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked thinking about this because it was just a lovely experience. Okay. That's what those college courses prepare you for. The college course in Lit. And then the college course. I took an anthropology course. It was just... Uh, I was just regurgitating everything I knew in those classes to keep up with this with this dame. Anyways. Look at me. Oh, shit. I think I hit my wife. Okay. She don't even care, actually. You know, this girl left me a picture and signed it. Used to sign pictures back then. You know, I used to write, like, uh, you know, to my dearest friend... And I write my name, Mr. Democrat, even back then. Um, she wrote to my uh, first, last, and only love, Mr. Democrat. All right. My wife kept this picture, and she kept it in an envelope that says sweethearts and, and girlfriends. And it's a collection of... of, of, of all these different pictures, me and them, or just they sent me a picture, like, you know, uh, like big portrait size, not even fucking wallet size, you know, and this, this is, uh, this is the kind of shit today where, you know, my grandson has an ex-girlfriend calling him, 
ripping his face off about Instagram, right? Some Instagram post. He was with some girl in a bar on Instagram. You'd think that they would be pissed off at him for not having a fucking car and riding a bike around, but no, they're pissed off that he was having a fucking IPA with some, you know, Latina on on Tuesday or something, you know? I mean, for crying out loud, uh, uh, NBA franchises have been have been bought and sold, have been lost as a result of this sort of shit. My wife has a whole, like, it's a whole section of a, of a, of a box in the garage, you know? And it's a, this, is this girl, some other, some other names from, from before and after. One from my PS uh, uh, in middle school before I, you know, I was coming back and forth to California. I went to high school in California. Uh, well, there's one with uh, my brother Jackie and I, man. Jackie really could pull him. And there was, there were these two with the knockers on one. Ooh. Anyways. Okay, she's driving. She's she's in the car. She's in the Oldsmobile. She's going. She's going to fucking Lenati's. Yep, she's going to Lenati's. That sounds like a Lenati's trip. She's probably with Connie. Probably going to get vegetables. Wonderful vegetables tonight because Connie likes vegetables. Connie don't steam the vegetables though. You know what I'm saying? So much as she introduces the vegetables to the water. That's all she eats is water and vegetables. But she don't steam them. Where you can chew them, you know it's amazing. She still has all her teeth. It's like fucking, uh, it's like a, a a marathon. You crack your teeth eating a piece of broccoli, you know. Mm. That's why she has to bribe the kids. My grandson, ever since he was little, she used to you know come over, hey, squeeze his cheek, give him a dollar. Nobody else did that, and she did that. Why? Because she's prepping him for later on when she's gonna shove this fucking rock hot broccoli down all the kids' throats. Remember that dollar? Yeah. You know, but uh, not a lot of Italians in um, Ulster County. Uh, it's a wasp's nest, right? As I mentioned before, literally a wasp. For some of you who may not know, I've been saying this a lot. Is uh, stands for white. It's W A S P. W A S P. We have a, we have a lot of like uh, of uh, acronyms or abbreviations. Uh, not just because of the New Deal, but now because of ethnicity. It's W-A-S-P. It stands for White Anglo-Saxon uh, Pricks. Just kidding. Just kidding. Joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Actually, you know, to be fair, I got that from my wife's uh, father, my father-in-law, who is a Methodist from, from, uh, from Western Missouri, Midwest. So, you know, I'm talking like fucking Mason and uh, Knights Templar kind of a guy. Uh, and he, t- he told me that one. I, th- I guess it's a, it's a Presbyterian joke that Methodists have. I don't know. It's weird. It's how every- it's like how everybody in Latin America hates Argentinians. Did you know that? Everybody in Latin America hates Argentinians. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Chileans hate them. Mexicans hate them. You know? So when they, when they got that, that Argentinian Pope, and all the people in the news are like, oh, Latin America is thrilled. A Latin Pope. Not exactly, because he's Argentinian. There's a little, you know, bit of sweetness there. And the average Argentinian eats twice as much beef per year that the average American does. They eat over 100 pounds of beef per person. Maybe that's why. Maybe because they're fucking eating all the cows. You know? That makes sense. We have lots of Indians here. You know, they don't eat cows. So maybe there's an influence there where we... I don't know. But a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Protestants, right? 
not Catholics, Protestants. And these are like the, the old school Protestants, you know, um, which I, I got to give them credit. At least they were up front. They still wore a fucking tie, right? Still wore a tie. Uh, were open about their intolerance, you know? Nowadays, you go to a Protestant church, uh, an assembly of God or church of God. Anytime those words are attached to a sign in front of the building, which is always some plain, uh, some plain structure, you know, because God forbid, oh, the Catholics with their multi, with their saints and Mary and the gold. Oh, it's like, it's like idolatry. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're so simple. You know what it is? Is they're fucking cheap. You think the Jews are cheap? No, no, no. Go to one of these Protestant churches. It's like wooden, little wooden cross. The, the preacher don't even wear a fucking tie anymore. He's got denim on. He's got his Lee dungarees from Target and some flannel, some Kirkland Costco flannel for $7.99, right? But that's because he has to save up all of his money for, um, you know, firearms because they're fucking crazy. The guy comes out with his denim, his flannel, his acoustic guitar. And they make it seem like it's all cool and then the cameras go off and the doors lock and people start speaking in tongue and dinosaur fossils were planted by the Jews, and the world is 6,000 years old, and God hates fags. You know what I'm saying? At least with Catholicism, it's out in the open. You know, not all of it, obviously. They ain't touching fucking kids during Mass. But you know what I'm saying? Like, the incense, the pomp and circumstance, they're like, you walk into a Catholic church, and, and it's right out the gate, it's like, this is going to be some weird ethnic shit that's about to go down, okay? Look at the fucking hat on our leader. Look at the weird... Easter egg shaped hat that the guy's wearing and the incense you know and everyone's dressed like fucking Elvis and Liberace uh, so at least we're upfront about it that's all that's a good thing you know so the wasp uh, the women though the guys say oh Let's get into the women in the next episode because I want to get into some substance here. So, uh, um, FDR gets elected November 32. He is not inaugurated till March of 33. This is the last time that happens because it used to be you're elected in November, you're inaugurated in March, which made sense uh, for a lot of reasons. One, Washington, D.C. in January is fucking cold. March, spring, new beginnings, right? Number two, uh, you didn't have mass transit like we do now, like, you know, planes and cars and shit. It took a long time. You know, Lincoln was elected. It went from Springfield to D.C. He never went home his whole five years. The first president to actually leave the country uh, was, um, I believe it was that Theodore Roosevelt. And he went to, or Woodrow Wilson, and they went to fucking Cuba or some shit, you know? Ooh, they got a they got on a they got in a boat and sailed around Newfoundland. Ooh, that was a big deal back then. So March, but the only problem is, uh, and this is partially intentional. Um, Roosevelt, politician he is, knows that uh, between November thirty two and March of thirty three, if the economy gets as bad as humanly possible, he can walk in and get anything he wants done, and it does, right? You got a lame duck president. He's very unpopular. You have, you know, he uh, not all, not entirely his fault. A lot of it was that asshole MacArthur, Douglas MacArthur. You know, they have to get rid of these veterans who are protesting on the Capitol, and he's, you know, asks politely asks MacArthur to deal with it judiciously. 
you know, or, uh, you know, uh, respectfully, MacArthur goes again, guns blazing on fucking World War One veterans. He was an asshole. He was an asshole then. He was an asshole in the Philippines. He was an asshole in Korea. Asshole. He's an asshole. Let's put those things to rest, okay? Number one, World War II, which ended the Great Depression, government endeavor, government endeavor, and MacArthur just straight through and through fucking asshole, okay? Get any other notion out of your head. So the economy gets so bad, and Roosevelt's right. You know what? He's right, and and I, I would say that's fucked up, except that this is not like a, a situation where, you know, you know you can capitalize on fear and capitalize on pain by causing more. You know, like, oh, look at those buildings fall. Let's go into these countries over here. You know, oh, someone thinks that uh, 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 my secretary gave me a hand job. Let's go blow up some Slavic people. You know what I'm saying? This is about, this is about uh, capitalizing for good. You know, this is about letting these, this is about, hey, it's a capitalist economy. Figure it out, guys. Figure it out. Figure it out. Oh, you can't? Okay, well, let me come in. And let's, let me show you what I got going on. And it worked. People were so desperate. Franklin Roosevelt, the banking relief legislation, the bill that he sets on the floor of Congress, first hundred days, he drops that bill on the floor, eight hours later, signs it into law. Eight hours later, signs it into fucking law. You couldn't get Congress today to agree on how Orrin Hatch's farts smelled. Do you know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. However, uh, uh, to their credit, the current, the outgoing president, uh, the bushy boy, and then the black guy, did a lot of coordination um, in between. They seemed like they got along. Complete opposite with the Hoover and Roosevelt. But Roosevelt knew when it, he went in, dropped that first hundred days. Boom, 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 boom. I got, the, I got Congress. I got the Dem. We, we, we just pushed in. With his new deal, we got popular support, we got legislative support. And he tried fucking with the Supreme Court even. He tried stacking the Supreme Court. He tried adding justices to get his way. What he, he was he was uh so I so say you can see why people maybe don't, you know. But eight hours, eight hours. He introduces a bill, eight hours banking relief. You know, declares bank holiday and then starts putting people to work. A part of this emergency banking relief effort is not the WPA that people came to know and love. Uh, it's an earlier endeavor called the PWA, which is not an airline. It stands for Public Works uh, Administration run by a guy named Harold Ickes. Ickes, I still don't know how to say his fucking name, and I still don't like him. Actually, his kid uh, is still in the Democratic Party. I don't like him much either. But that's another story. Um, where does the time go? Wow. You know? So the PWA, the difference, the main difference I'm going to tell you right now, PWA, WPA, uh, main difference is PWA is just, uh, is, is, is subsidizing the private sector. You know, it's like, uh, it's like, oh, you, you have this factory or you have this, um, you know, it, it was for, it, they'll say, they say it's for more skilled workers. That's bullshit. It's basically just subsidizing the private sector. The, you know, your factory closed, here's some money, open it up again. We're putting people back to work. But we're not actually coordinating it. And we're not doing, we're not putting people back to work in a way that's necessarily for the common good, right? Because the public sector, we, we see this bridge is about to collapse. 
these roads need fixing. These there are college educated people, writers, anthropologists, historians, artists out of work. We we can we can coordinate all of this and make America beautiful, stronger, better, and get people to work, which puts money in their pocket and then also benefits the private sector, right? Because they're going out buying stuff. But initially, we're just throwing money at the private sector, basically, um, which is, you know, which is decent. I'm not sure how much of it went to some of those assholes in the South who were using convict labor. Ugh. When I think of all the years, all the years. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Throwing that's the thing. It's less controversial just to just to throw money to, to hand money to a billionaire to a to a corporate leader. Here you go, open the factory that you couldn't open on your own. But once you start telling people what to do, oh my god. Oh wow, you know, what do they think they're doing? It's like the states, you know, the states they, they, they these these guys run for office and they say, "Oh, well we're not telling the states what to do as far as education. We we we're just we're, we'll fund it. We'll fund it, but it's the state's decision what to do with the money." Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, last time we did that, you know what happened? Fucking black kids sit in a desk where they're spending $10 on him and they're spending $100 on a white kid. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, I got to go. So um, I will. That was a good episode, I think. I feel good about that one. To be continued. To be continued.